glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'll promise you this, I'll be a short preacher. Not sure how long it'll take me, but I'll be short, right? All right. I uh, came to um, Spokane in 2006. I believe the same year your pastor came up to uh, Bonner's Ferry, and I uh, remember meeting him way back then and appreciate his faithfulness. I'm glad that I don't have to wonder where he stands or what's going on, that he's just being faithful. And that really is a gift. You have a gift in a pastor that is faithful, that stands for the Word of God, and is just faithful. And so I appreciate his friendship, and I appreciate his faithfulness. I was born... In um, in Pennsylvania, which is a good little ways from here, and I was born and raised in an Amish home, driving horse and buggy. Uh, we had no phones, no cars, no electricity, and uh, that's all great. And I could tell you stories about that, but the sad thing is, is we didn't have any of the gospel either. I was 16 years old. The very first time I ever heard uh, that I could know I'm on my way to heaven. The first time anyone ever shared the gospel with me, I was 16 years old, and. Uh, I didn't. I couldn't believe it was that simple. I couldn't believe because I was always taught I had to be a good person. I had to do good works and do the best I can. And then just maybe if I'd done enough good works, I just might get into heaven. And I didn't realize I would have told you I believed the Bible, but I never read it. We were told, don't read your Bibles. We'll tell you what it means. And so um, anyway, I'm so thankful that God saved me out of out of that. And uh, two years after I got saved, I went off to Bible college. Right after Bible college, I came out to the Northwest. And uh, before I went to college, I, we had moved to Missouri. I tell people I grew up in Missouri because that's where most of my memories are from, so back in the Midwest. But anyway, I've, I've had the opportunity to work there at the Faith Baptist Church. I started working there in 2008, working with the young people. It keeps me young, hopefully. And uh, they give me a hard time, but it's a great time. And I'm doing a lot of different things around the church. I deal with some of the maintenance things. For the last 10 years, God has given me the opportunity to um, uh, serve as a volunteer chaplain with the Spokane County Sheriff's Office. And so doing a lot of death notifications and different things that come along with that. And so ministering to families in unique situations and just uh, doing whatever we can to try to try to be a blessing to uh, my pastor and try to help him. And so anyway, I appreciate your, your pastor and his friendship. Let's get into the Word of God tonight, Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I have a feeling that most of you have already heard these verses numerous times. Actually, let's back up to verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. I'm thankful that someone shared the scriptures with me. It was not hard for me to get saved, but I didn't know what the word of God had to say. In verse 16, the Bible says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let's pray together. Father, Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. You know exactly who you've brought together here tonight. Lord, I pray that you would just use your word tonight in the lives of your people. I pray that you would glorify yourself. I pray that you would help me, Lord, as I preach tonight, that you'd fill me with your spirit. And Lord, help me simply to be a tool in your hand that I could be used of you tonight. I pray that you would get all the glory from it. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Pastor Neil and his faithfulness. 
Lord, I thank you that uh, he's just been faithful. I pray you'd continue to bless their trip and bless, bless his ministry here. Give him many more years in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, have you ever, I don't know if you ever seen, watch airplanes take off from the airport and take off, and a lot of times they've got to go down the runway a little bit, and tonight we may be on the runway a little bit longer than normal, but I hope to get off the ground eventually here, so bear with me, I'm going to start off just talking about some things about the Word of God, probably not necessarily new to you, I hope it's not new, right, and, but just bear with me, I'm going to talk about a couple things, and then the end, I'm going to try to connect it all together, and hopefully the Holy Spirit will help it to all make sense, right? All Scripture, the Bible says here, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Every bit of it, it's, it's not a part. You can't find any part of it that's not inspired. And the, he goes on to say that it is profitable for, then he gives us a list of four things there. And so Scripture is, is something that's profitable. It's profitable in my life. It is profitable in your life. He gives us four things here. So it is, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and for instruction in righteousness. I heard an old preacher one time say, for the doctrine tells us what is right, for the reproof tells us what's wrong, correction how to get it right, and then how to keep it right, right? And tonight, hopefully it is your desire and my desire that as a Christian, that I would take the word of God, I would obey it, and I would, I would allow God to work in my life through it. It would correct things in my life that aren't, that aren't right, and it would bring me closer to him. If you'll take your Bibles with me, go to uh, the book of Psalms, please. Psalms chapter 19, and we'll look at a couple more things here. There's much, much we could say about the word of God tonight, but I want to just kind of lay a little bit of a foundation here. Psalm 19 Verse number 7, the Bible says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. I'm thankful that what I have tonight is perfect because so many times my life and the things I have to deal with are not perfect, right? But we have the Word of God. The Bible says that it is perfect. The second part of verse 7, The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Never have to worry about what I'm reading in here. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Let's review briefly over this. Look in verse 7 again. It says the word of God is perfect and it's sure. Verse 8, it's right and it's pure. Verse 9, it is clean. True and righteous altogether. Now that does not describe most things going on in our world today, right? But we have the Word of God, and that's how it is described, that, that what it is and what it does, and we could spend the rest of the night even here, but that's not the goal of where we're trying to get to the night. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the hearts. If you'll take your Bibles over to Psalm 119. I enjoyed, some time ago I taught a Sunday school series through Psalm 119 and it's amazing just to read through there and see so many references, all but just a couple of verses reference the Word of God in some way. And Psalm 119, I'm going to just look at just a very few verses in that chapter tonight, but let's look at verse 89. Psalm 119, verse 89. The Word of God is settled. The Bible says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Again, it is something that is sure. We don't have to worry about it. It's settled. It is established. Look over at verse 98. 
Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. We're made wiser through the word of God. Look down at verse uh, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'm thankful that the word of God gives us direction. It shows us where to go. Uh, my teenagers back in Spokane, they make fun of me because they're, many times, no matter where I go, I will have a flashlight on me. And I carry a flashlight almost everywhere I go. And um, you never know when you need it, right? And so they make fun of me for carrying a flashlight. But the whole reason is, is I want to be able to, if, I'm, if I get stranded somewhere and it gets dark, I want to be able to see where I'm going. Um, I don't enjoy finding furniture with my pinky toe after dark walking around the house. I want to see where I'm going, right? I don't want to stumble and fall. I want to, I, if I hear something, I want to be able to see what it is I'm hearing, right? And so we like, we like to be able to, if we go camping, I like to have a flashlight to see where we're going. But the Bible tells us that the Word of God is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. It shows us where we need to go, and it's, it's something that we can follow. And so I'm thankful for the Word of God, and I'm thankful that your pastor places a great emphasis on it. But tonight, let me just ask you this. Does everybody here, let me guess that everybody here probably at least has access to a copy of the Word of God, right? How many of you have more than one? Yes, I don't know how many I have. I, I keep one, a couple in my office. I have a couple at home. Of course, anymore, everybody's got one on their phone, probably. And so we have access to the Word of God. Very briefly, we just touched on a couple of things about the Word of God. I hope that you understand that the Word of God will give us direction. It'll help us to, to live right and do right and be right. And it's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no new edition that's coming out. There's no improvement. There's no updates. It is exactly what we need, right? So I believe that it's probably safe to say that most people in the United States have access to it. And yet, I think we could say there's not a lot of people that are, a lot of people rather don't live their lives according to it, right? Let's move on tonight. Let's, let's talk about the blessings of God. Let's go back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, just before we get to Joshua here. And I'm going to look at a couple of verses. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 4. And this is something the Lord's been working on my heart this, this year as I was reading through my Bible. I noticed kind of a theme Throughout the book of Deuteronomy, we'll look at several different chapters and verses um, throughout the book of Deuteronomy tonight. But let's look at verse Deuteronomy 4, verse 39. Know therefore this day, and consider it in thine heart, that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath, there is none else. Thou shalt therefore keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee this day. I love, I love how both of these verses, he uses the term this day. This is not some generic thing, but he's saying today, today, let's do something with this today, right? So, which I command thee this day, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. We need to realize that God wants to give us a blessing. He wants to bless us. And uh, here he says that if we keep his statutes and his commandments that he's commanded us to, he said that it would go well with us and with our children. So the best thing that you can do 
for your life. It doesn't matter if you're a young person, if you're a parent, if you're elderly. It doesn't matter what stage in life. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are in the last couple months or even today. Those things don't matter. But the best thing you and I can do with our lives is to obey the word of God. We, to get the blessings of God, that's what we have to do, all right? Let's go over to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Let's look at another verse here. Deuteronomy 5, verse 29. The Bible says, Oh, that there were such an heart in them, that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always. Notice this again, that it might be well with them. He said, oh, I wish they had that kind of a heart. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep my commandments. Why? Because that's the best thing for us. He said, if they simply had a heart that they were going to fear God and they were going to keep his commandments, he said that it would be well with them and with their children forever. I remember as a teenager, I never really thought much about children. It was all about me, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, and what I thought I wanted to do with my life. And I didn't think too much about my children, but I realize the things I allowed in my life as a teenager affect me as a parent today. And so you may think, hey, I'm a young person, I don't have children. Well, the best thing you could do to become the best parent ever is to spend time in the Word of God and obey it, right? He says here, it might be well with them and with their children forever. Psalm 128, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways, for thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Fear God, walk in his ways, it's going to be well with thee. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 12. Though a sinner do evil an hundred times and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before me. He said, well with those that are fearing God. We see a pattern here over and over again. Jeremiah 7.23, But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God. And ye shall be my people, and walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. Jeremiah 32.39, And I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever, for the good of them and of their children after them. Psalm 68, verse 19, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. So we have, we have established, I think, that God has a way to bless us. God desires to bless our lives, but he does that as we, as we look to his word. And we already established just a minute ago that people have access to the word of God. That's not a problem. I don't think anyone today could honestly say, you know, I really want to do right. I want to follow the Lord, but I just don't even know what he wants from me. I can't find a copy of the word of God anywhere. I can't find anybody to tell me what to do. I just can't find the Bible. That's, that's, that's no excuse. But I think we know people today that have a copy of the word of God, but they don't have the blessings of God. You might look at their life and say, things are not going well, Right? And somehow we have a generation, a society of people, if you will, that many people, even if they're not in church, there's a Bible in the home. They have the word of God, but the blessings of God are not there. God is not blessing their lives. And what, what's, what is, what's wrong? What is it that, that they're missing? There's something that needs to be connected. 
Most people use these for a little bit of everything. I use them to kind of hang on to my keys. Hopefully I can find them, right? And um, But what I'd th- like to do tonight is I'd like to kind of use this as an illustration. This is the link. This is the connection, if you will. We have the Word of God. No problem with that. We have access to it. No excuses. We have the Word of God. But if people are not experiencing the blessings of God, what's what's wrong? I believe the missing link is the is this one here. We're going to call this obedience. Obedience to the Word of God. You see, I try to read my Bible every day. Been doing pretty pretty good this year. But it's not enough just to read it. I believe we have lots of Christians who read their Bibles, but they don't obey, and then they don't have the blessings. Does that make sense? We, I don't know about you, but sometimes if I, you know, I, I find a schedule or something to kind of keep me on track, maybe read my Bible through in a year. This year I, I'm reading a, um, it's actually a chronological Bible. It's, they've rearranged it according to the chronology that they think it should be. Still all the right verses, but they've just switched it up. And I understand that there's not, I'm not sure they got it right, but it, it, it's helping to put some of the Psalms in where it happened with David and, and Saul and all those things. So I've enjoyed reading it that way this year. But it's not enough for me just to get up in the morning, read a couple chapters or a couple pages, and then go about my day. That's not enough. We've got, we've got churches across America that have people that will get up and will read their Bibles, and yet they're not experiencing the blessing of God. They're not, there's really no genuineness to their walk with God because there's no desire to obey. It's, it's just like if I can, let me ask you this, can a lost person read the Word of God? Sure. I believe that a lost person could read the Bible every day. And um, that doesn't make them spiritual. It doesn't give them uh, the blessings of God. But when you find an individual that opens the Word of God, reads it daily, and then determines to obey it, the Bible says it's going to be well with that person. It's going to be well with that them and their children. Let's go over to Deuteron- Deuteronomy chapter 30 here, okay? I'm hoping to make this, this connection in a way that you'll, you'll understand it. And it will make sense to you. Deuteronomy chapter 30. And let's look down at verse 15. Kind of towards the end here. Deuteronomy 30 verse 15. He says this. See I have set before thee this day. Life and good. And death and evil. I don't know anybody that doesn't want to live. That doesn't want good. I don't know anybody that does not want to avoid death and evil. Right? He said I've set it before you. It is now in front of you. It is your choice, if you will, verse 16, in that I command thee, notice again, this day. I love how often it is specific. Today, not Sunday, not when I get older. I I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, and his statutes, and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land where thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear. See, the devil is really good at getting our hearts to turn away. Many people could look back across their life and say, there was a time that I was walking closer to God than I am today. Or there was a time that I was walking close to God and then I got away and had to be brought back closer to the Lord again, Right? He said, but if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear. You can look at the word of God, you can read it, but you're not hearing, you're not planning to do anything with it, right? 
that will not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. And we might think, well, I'm never going to worship other gods and serve them. In 2017, I had the opportunity to go to India for about two weeks. And over in India, they call it the land of, I think, 33 million gods. And you want to introduce them to Jesus, they're okay with that because in their mind, it's just one more God. It's just one more. And so many, so many gods there, in a sense, if you will. And so we may not today say, well, I'm not going to bow down and worship a God, but we would allow something in our lives to take the place of where God needs to be, right? We, and that could be, those are not always bad things. Look, I, 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 along with your pastor, I share a love of hunting. I'm not very good at it, but I, I try, right? And uh, I, I enjoy getting out there, and I enjoy hunting. I love camping. I love outdoors. I grew up out in the bean fields of Missouri. I'd any day rather be out in the country than in the city. But if I allowed that, that could take over my life. That could become the priority, okay? I mean, there's turkey season going on right now. In the summer, you've got to start getting out there and scouting, and the falls, archery. And you can, I mean, I, that could become my life. But we've got to be careful. And I don't think there's anything wrong with hunting. I think it tastes great, right? Deer are great. Elk, whatever. But... It could be good things. It could be work. It could be money. It could be friends. It could be lots of different things that will pull us away and will take the place that God needs to have in our life. He says in the end of verse 17, But shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. You know why he was telling the children of Israel that? Because they're just like you and I. We have a flesh. And we want to, we're, if we're not careful, we get very selfish very quickly. If you just look at how they, how they treated Moses and all those things, how many times, is, oh, we're sorry, and then the next day they're grumbling, complaining again. But you and I have to be very careful. We may say, I, I want to do the right thing. I've determined I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to obey it. Tomorrow, the devil's going to try to draw our hearts away from that again. He's going to try to get us away from that. Let's read on here, verse 18. I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whether thou, go, whether thou passest over Jordan to possess it. He says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. He said, all of heaven, all of earth, listen up. This day against you that I have set before you life and death and blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. He said, choose life. You see, it comes down to choice. Every day we make tons of choices. In the morning, you get up, make a choice. What are we having for breakfast? Cereal or no cereal, right? Or whatever it may be. We make choices as we, um, as we get ready. Am I going to comb my hair or not? I haven't combed my hair in a long time, okay? Uh, it doesn't need much, right? Um, we make choices every day. What am I going to wear? What am I going to look at? Am I going to brush my teeth? Yes, please do, right? Um, there's lots of little choices all day long. Uh, tonight, coming up here, I had choices of which way I could come over uh, to the, to the east and catch 95 and come up, or I could have gone up north to Newport and come the back way into Sandpoint. And then I, I had choices of which way I wanted to go. All day long, there's just choices. We make cho- there's choices of how we interact with people. But we need to make sure that those choices, some of them seem very n- inconsequential. They don't, they don't seem like it's a big deal to what choice you make. But there's other choices that make... Uh, make a big difference. You see, every morning we also make a choice. Am I going to get up and spend some time with God or not? 
That's a choice that, that has some consequence. And uh, so as we make choices, here he said, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Look at verse 20. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. And so, I'm going to get into this a little bit more. This idea of, we have the word of God, we could have spent so much time just talking about what the word of God is, what it does, how it works, all those things. But, and, the, and then the blessing of God, but the obedience is that link that connects the two. Because like I said, anybody could have a copy of the word of God. But lots of people don't have the blessings of God. Let's turn back to Psalm uh, 19 again. We were over there earlier. I want to read a couple more verses there in Psalm 19. Let me just say this, though, as you're turning there. Because we're created in the image of God, we have minds to think with. We have hearts to feel with and wills to decide with. See, sometimes I wish God would just make me do right. But God has given me the, 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 the free will to make that choice. And uh, God wants us, he calls us, commands us to make right decisions, to make right choices. We're not robots. We can hear and learn God's word. We can learn his will. We can decide to either obey or disobey. And many times people make that choice. By the way, the more you determine to obey, the easier it is. The more you disobey, the easier it is to disobey. And so be careful of those habits. Moses made it clear that making the decision to follow God is not difficult here. You know, we don't have to go up to heaven to get the word of God. We don't have to go across the border. We don't have to go across the seas to another country to get the word of God. Now, there's places that people don't have the word of God as readily available, but we don't have to go get the word of God. We have it right here. If I want to know what to do that it may be well with me and my family, it's right here. I, have, I, have no, I can read. Maybe not very good, but I can read, okay? I, I, I can study it. I can determine then am I going to obey it or not. And what a, what a horrible thing when someone knows and understands the word of God and chooses to disobey it. That's not a good place to be. Psalm 19, verse 10, we just looked at verse 7 through 9, talked about the word of God was perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, true, and righteous altogether. Verse 10, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Now, I've never done a lot of searching for gold, but I know some folks that were up looking through some creeks over by Priest Lake, and supposedly there was some gold in some of those creeks way back when, and, and they were searching for it because I guess just a little bit of gold is worth a whole lot of money, right? Tonight, if I had, let's just say that I had $1,000 bills. I don't, so please don't attack me, right? But if I had $1,000 bills, and I just kind of threw them out here and said, first come, first serve, I'm guessing there would be a lot of interest. We're going to come, and we're going to get those, okay? But let's say that 10 people each got $100. That's all you have, $100. It's not going to last very long. Go by the gas pump, it won't, go, it won't last very long, right? Um, it's, not, it's not a big deal. But we have the word of God, and the Bible says that more to be desired are they, talking about God's words and his, and, and his, his commandments, more to be the de- desired are they than gold. He said, yea, than much fine gold. So we'd scramble to get a $100 bill maybe. And yet we have something that's much better. We have the word of God. Do we desire the word of God? Look at verse 11, Psalm 19:11. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. 
and in keeping of them, notice this, there is great reward. If I, if I told you tonight that I hid an envelope with $1,000 somewhere in this auditorium, it might be under a chair, it might be behind a letter, it might be who knows where, but if I told you that whoever finds it gets to keep it, We'd destroy this place, right? Looking for it, trying to find where where is this? Because you understand that as soon as you find it, it's yours and you have a great reward. It's yours. You have a great reward. You got a thousand dollars. I wish I wish I I could find it, right? But the Bible says that in keeping of them, there's a great reward. God says if you simply if you if you desire the word of God and if you keep the word of God, there is a great reward for you. And it may not come in the, in the form of $1,000, but it may come in, in, in the form of a peaceful life, a life that is clean and honoring to the Lord. A, a, the Bible says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, right? It may come in, in lots of other, other ways, but um, there's, a, there's a great reward, the Bible says, in keeping the word of God. Let's go back to Deuteronomy again. Deuteronomy chapter 4. I want you to see this. As we talk about obedience being the link between just having the word of God and having the blessings of God, I want you to not just think in general of, of society. I've mentioned society and, and things in general today, but I want you to think, take a moment now. I want you to think about yourself. And have you made a commitment that you're going to obey the word of God? Deuteronomy 4, look at verse 9. The Bible says, only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, lest they depart from thine heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Notice the beginning there. He said, only take heed to yourself. All right? Stop thinking about anybody else. Stop thinking about who should, who should be listening to this. Stop thinking about anybody else. You are here tonight and say, think about yourself. What am I going to do with this? Look down at verse number 15. Take heed therefore, take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves. Look at verse 23. Take heed unto yourselves. You know what I have to be careful of as a youth pastor dealing with young people? That I'm not reading my Bible and I think, man, I know of a young man that really needs to hear this. I know of a young lady that really needs to be reading this. Or I know of somebody in our church that really needs this. You know what I need? To, I need to take heed to myself. I need it. I need to think about it. And so as you read the word of God, as you think about being obedient to it, make it personal. Many times we use the word we. We need to, we need to read the Bible. We need to know. I need to read the Bible. I need to determine that I'm going to obey the word of God. Make it personal. Make it about you. And remember many times, and as we already looked at a number of these verses, this day. I need to do it, and I need to do it today. Take heed to thyself. Joshua 1.8 is a verse many folks are familiar with. This book of the law, this one right here, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why? Just so that you can be smarter and you can win the, um, uh, the Bible quiz. No. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt have uh, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. He said, we're going to read it, we're going to meditate it. Why? Because of obedience. We need to obey. We need this link. 
that connects us to the blessings of God. We need to obey it. So the reason to know it, the reason to read it, is not so you can look at your pastor and say, I don't you know, I read my Bible every day this week. That's a good thing. Don't stop. Please don't stop. But the point is, it's not enough just to read it. We need to read it so that we can observe to do, so that we know what it is that God wants us to do. God gave us his word so that we could obey it. He gave it to us, so that we, not just so we can know what it is, but that we could obey it. He says, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. I, I thought about this the other day. I've read this verse a lot of times, but he says, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. In other words, it's kind of up to us. Are we going to read the word of God and then obey it or not? Then thou shalt have good success. All right? And then uh, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, then thou shalt have good success. Joshua 24, verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. Again, specific time, very personal, very specific. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. By the way, saying, well, I'm going to put it off is already making a choice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about it because, you know, I, 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 I enjoy church. But I'm not really committed to really, I'm going to obey what God says every moment. I don't really, maybe I don't feel super rebellious about it, but I don't know that I'm going to obey what, what God wants me to do. He said, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers, uh, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, you're going to have to make a choice. He said, we're ready at my house. This is what we're doing. We're going to serve the Lord. And I think Joshua understood all the things that Moses had been dealing with them in, in the book of Deuteronomy. He said, you know, they're, the, it's maybe well with thee if they're going to follow the word of God. And so Joshua said, choose you today, this day, whom you're going to serve. Now, I've made up my mind. We're going to serve God. By the way, that's what we need. We need Christians today that said, it doesn't matter who else does or doesn't. I'm going to do the right thing. It doesn't matter if my brother or sister are going to do the right thing. It doesn't matter what my parents do. It doesn't matter what my best friends do. I, in my house today, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to, we're going to find out what God says, and we're going to do it. We're going to observe to do it. We're going to do what it is that God asks us to do. Third John 1 verse 4, the Bible says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. You know, Casey, I know your dad's not here tonight, but if you ended up being a millionaire, I don't think your dad would be upset, as long as he was in speaking terms with you, right? I don't think he'd be upset. If you ended up being the governor of Idaho, that may be kind of cool. If you ended up being some popular person or some hero of sorts, I don't think he'd be upset. But do you know what he really wants? He wants you to walk in the truth. I think that if the rest of your life, Case, and you determine you're going to walk in the truth and do the right thing, I don't think your dad cares if you're rich. He doesn't care if you're the president or the governor or if you're popular. No greater joy. And I'm now, I'm a, I'm a father, and I'll have, I have two girls, 11 and 13, almost 14. Got teenagers in the house, right? And... Um, I realize that time flies. I've heard that. Everybody's heard that. Time flies, and it seems so like such a trite statement, but all of a sudden I realize if my daughter's 14, I don't know what she's going to do yet, but if she goes to college at 18, I've got four years left. I've got four summers left. All of a sudden I'm like, 
I'm starting to feel like an old man, and I'm not ready for this, right? And, uh, but I, th- I thought, but well, what do I want for my children? I want them to walk in the truth. Why? Because I know that's the best thing they could do. I hope that they get a good education. I want them to be able to read and write. I actually hope that they're able to make some money. I might need some support when I get old, right? I hope that they do well. But I really, really want them to do right and follow God. I want them to marry right. I want them to be in church because they're, they're being obedient to the Word of God. I want those things for their life. If, the, if there's no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth, there's possibly, possibly no greater hurt than to lose a child. I've had opportunities numerous times to deal with parents and deal with families where they've, they've lost a child and uh, for different reasons and sometimes even just notif- doing notifications. Last Saturday night, I got a phone call to do, go do notification and went out to the, to the house and verified I had the right address, walked up to the house, knocked on the door, asked if, if the, the lady was home. I had a name and I said, is this person here? I said, yes. I said, well, do you, uh, are you related to, and I gave another name, and they're like, why are you here, what's going on, and they said, yes, I said, can you give me his date of birth, and I said, I'm very sorry to tell you that your son died today, that's a difficult thing, she collapsed screaming, I've seen it so many times, the pain of a parent losing a child, it's just horrendous. It's not, it's not something you can fix. It's not something that you can enjoy. It's a horrible thing to watch. But on the other side, if that, the, the grief was just as though her life stopped at the moment. It was a horrible thing for her. Her husband was there. But if, you, if that was the lowest low of her life ever, then think about the fact that there's no greater joy than my, to hear that my children walk in truth. You see, what I don't get to do as a chaplain is I don't knock on someone's door in the middle of the night and say, hey, are you so-and-so? Yes. Is this your is this name? Is this your child? Yes. I just want you to know that they're doing right, walking with God and serving the Lord. I don't get to do that, do we? But the Bible says that if we know what it says, we read it and observe to do it. If we determine we're going to keep his commandments then it may be well with you. I'm not trying to suggest that there's never going to be a heartache in your life, okay? I don't believe that's biblical. I don't think we can see that. But I do believe that the very best thing you can do is to determine you're going to be in the Word of God and you're going to obey it. Because then when those difficult times come, you already have a relationship with the Lord to help you through those times. It is the best thing you could possibly do for your life. It's the best thing you can do for your family. I wish that I could, could, you know, I could put my family in a super nice house and drive the nicest cars and, and give, do everything I possibly could for them. You know what the very best thing is as a, as, a, as a husband and a father I could do for my family? Is for myself to be in the Word of God and help them. And not just to be in it, but to obey it. Because if he says over and over again that it may be well with thee, he said here in verse 40, Thou shalt keep therefore his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee this day. He said you should do it. You already commanded to do it, but do it anyway. That it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee. So in other words, if I know what it says and I don't do it, 
it's not going to be well with me, and it's not going to be well with my children. Verse 29 of Deuteronomy 5. Oh, that there were such an heart in them, that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. He said, I want this so bad for you. I wish you had a heart to just fear God and to keep his commandments because it's the best thing for you and it's the best thing for your family. It's the best thing for your children. If you take your Bibles to one last verse, we'll be done tonight. Joshua 22. I believe obedience is the missing link between the word of God and the blessing of God. I believe it's the missing link in the lives of so many Christians. Because you see people, they'll attend church service, they'll read their Bible, they'll maybe even go out and go out soul winning and passing out tracts. But there's not really been a commitment that they're going to just wholeheartedly, all the way, follow God. Look at this with me, please. Joshua 22, verse 5. But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of God, charged, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. That is the choice tonight, I believe, that we need to make. You have a, you have a copy of the word of God. That's not a problem. You've got it. You can know what it is God wants you to do. But it's not going to go well with you and it's not going to go well with me if I don't obey what God wants me to do. Mm-hmm.